0: Welcome to the Stories for Nerds Podcast. And
1: now, with another epic episode, here are your hosts for SFN. Hey, everybody! Welcome to episode 7.8 of the Stories for Nerds podcast, the show featuring a group of sci fi and fantasy authors who not only love to discuss the latest adventures in books, TV, film, video games, anime, and all other forms of nerdy entertainment, but they also read and collaborate on stories as well. And I have the pleasure of being here with Scott Perkin. Howdy. And Raphael M. Jordan.
2: What is up, everyone? Thank you for that lovely introduction, Abby. Suck it, Eric Johnson, if you're listening to this. That's how you do it. Okay, so, I mean, I'm just a little biased. Don't tell anyone, but I like you a little more. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, that guy, that other guy who, who shows up on the show every once in a while. I mean, you know, we've only been friends since freshman year of college and everything, but huh, totally overrated,
0: like oh, I said. Since last year, huh?
2: Oh, yeah, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, welcome to the show everyone and if you have been listening for the duration of the show or if this is your first time you will know that this is going to be the second instance of our story by nerd segment where we do collaborations with short stories where one of the author's uh picks up with the start and then we follow up a month from now with a middle and then the other author gives us a solid conclusion so i am at the helm this time and we are going to be starting a new sci-fi story but before we get to that we always like to get some updates on the personal projects of the authors on the panel so starting with you miss goldsmith what have you been up to on the running front of things since our last meetup
1: Honestly, not a whole lot. I think I'm up to chapter 16 on my new work in progress. Um, But I've also went back and I did, I'm doing a little bit of revising on TORTH because um, I'm going to blame it on chemotherapy.
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah, that's right. Prioritizing your health. Oh my gosh. With the thought of that.
1: Yeah. Like the thing is I post every Saturday. I post my my serial, my ongoing serial, once per week, and I see that I have a few chapters that are going to need some heavy editing coming up, yeah. and like you know, anyway. So yeah, Schemotherapy goes in cycles, and I might not be feeling it in a couple weeks, so I better get the ball rolling now.
2: Hey, well, don't overdo it, whatever the case.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, how about you, Mister Parkinway? you met a ton of things.
0: You know, I have been a complete and total slug and have written a great deal of uh, memoir and blog, but no fiction in the last couple of weeks.
2: So, What's the memoir about? Is Not it your just, memoir? Uh,
0: okay, memoir. Um, blog and more blog. Personal blog, generic blog. So, Are
2: we going to publicize it? No, 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 no. He's like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Hold on now.
0: A blog Who is like to cool read look? about me? I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> I, I, if you say so, I figured it'd be interesting.
0: Well, there are stories to be told, but probably not during the majority, during the uh, public portion of the podcast.
2: All right, all right, fair it enough.
1: Doesn't blog like? Isn't it like board log or?
0: um weblogs specifically but yeah,
2: yeah.
0: um so okay. i don't blog per se i just i i write stuff uh post some of it on facebook i am trying to produce a uh a spin up my own website with you know three or four different blogs one for woodworking one for uh for writing one for uh, generic nerdiness
1: yeah um, nice
0: but haven't quite got that
2: uh, all spun up yet so Okay. I mean, that sounds really cool, though. I mean, hopefully something comes out of it. So so you said uh, woodwork, writing, and just typical nerdiness? I mean, yeah. shoot, sorry. <laughs> that sounds good. Okay, no to self, that was at 10.20. Um, <laughs> no, shoot, that sounds on, really man. awesome, though, man.
0: You know, it's fun. I'm, you know... <sighs> We've talked about that before, right? I can't not write, but I often don't write. I often write nonfiction as opposed to fiction, mm-hmm. um, and much of what I write is nonfiction. Ends up being written and then either cast into the ether for, you know, nine people to read, or I write it for my own benefit and then
2: either delete it or, or of course, you know, just save it locally and don't worry about it. So yeah, very cool, man. That's what's up, dude. Well, and then on my end, uh, well, like I said, I am working, uh, I, I'm doing the start of this short story. So that's where I did uh, most of my focus on the creative aspect of writing. Um, I did go back to... Um, uh, I guess formula more or less. Well not even formula. I, I I've done some more studying of of that, that book that uh bo, bo Scott and I are reading. And, oh man, it's just it's just such a like ooh so exciting. <laughs> even though you you've you, you read something and and sometimes it's like written in a similar way and like it's a it's a lesson that you've heard before but it's just present in such a new way it just opens up so many different like avenues to creativity and everything and and i i, I just love going back and and reading a new instances of it because it's like dang dude i never even looked at it that way before as far as when i say i mean like creative writing or a certain scene or or a certain story that i've written in the past and everything i was like oh wait a minute that's what i was trying to do i just didn't realize it (laughs) so yeah um
0: what's what's up that's kind of my thing is that there there's this i there are a lot of writers who kind of instinctively do it in a market successful way yep speaking only for myself I have no such instinct. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to learn it because otherwise I will write stuff that no one but me will ever want to read. So.
2: No, yeah, that, that that's fair. Um, I I think I, I don't know. It's just one of those cases, like where some sometimes you you'll see something and not realizing. That you even have it until someone points it out, and like, oh, I didn't really think that much of it. But well, shoot, if you say so, now you put it that way. Wow, pat on the (laughs) back. Don't mind if I do. I'll just go ahead and make a nice little note of that. Yes, that was
0: fully intentional. I'm glad you noticed it.
2: Right, right. Thank you for pointing out my own exceptional yes, (laughs) sure sure, sure. yeah that that but at the same time you gotta be careful because uh you realize that and then even though it comes to you naturally when you start looking for it that's when it starts to it 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 doesn't appear anymore if that makes any sense Uh, i I don't know it's like i've read i've um it's like when i uh th- was introduced to uh, well y- writing young fiction and the first book i wrote was well young fiction even though i i mean not not young fiction but young adult fiction and i didn't realize that that's what that's what the category was until i went to this um uh, this panel and everyone was kind of marketing all the key aspects that you need to have for uh well not need to have but certain aspects that are common in in young adult fiction and lo and behold i mean as i was like drawing down these notes i was like oh wait i oh oh wow all this stuff underlines everything that I've written in this story. But then when I go write a second story, I'm so, I could get so obsessed with making sure that I hit all those part parks. I mean, all the, you know, the creative aspect of it. It doesn't, it doesn't kind of, it doesn't flow naturally, you know, as as much as it did the, the prior time where I was just writing for the sake of writing.
1: That makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, it's really hard because like, there's so much pressure to write fast and to be marketable. Right. But I mean, like, you know, there's the fun aspect that we all got into it. We all had a reason when we started writing, we weren't doing it for that reason. Yeah. So, yeah.
2: And and that's exactly what it is. Like um, you, you see the, technical aspects to writing. And then when you want to make sure your stuff is a success, you get so bogged down by making sure all those criteria are within the, the story and everything. It, it becomes more of a, a because more of an assignment. See,
0: that's a, the hard part is writing with awareness of what makes successful fiction, but yeah. not being obsessed with the formula. Um <sighs>
1: not being a slave to the formula yeah I
0: mean, yeah. The formula. Yeah. Like, yeah right, right. do mm-hmm. it for reasons but don't but do it naturally if that makes yeah.
2: sense yeah, yeah. well and yeah like you like you said i mean like just don't don't be enslaved by by the reasons and everything just just do it for the sake of the writing don't do it for the sake of like well the checklist because i mean i think we spoke on this before i mean readers can pick up on that it's it's and and we've seen this uh, aspect in a lot of of uh, what's going on in Hollywood now. I think that's why, like, a lot of films are starting to feel really bland and everything because we we we've been ex- not exposed, but we've been given so many stories of, with similar aspects, and there's really no substance behind them to the point where it's just like, oh, okay, well, we know where this is going. All right, yeah. well did that and there there's really no there's really no passion behind it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
2: Uh okay, so to that end, how about uh before we get into the storm on nerd cement, what about some of the nerdy stuff we've been up to since our last meetup?
1: Well, I have started to watch Reacher on Amazon Prime. Mm. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, it's like I did actually read the first Reacher book back in the day and I was not impressed. Um, But the show is really improving upon the book. Really? Good for them. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I I like that. So um, it's still, I wouldn't, I I don't know. It's, it's gotta be for like a niche audience or a certain kind of audience. It's Mm -hmm. not for everybody, but I think it's like kind of good campy fun. It has like a kind of fun feeling, which, you know, it, it, it's the only way to adapt that kind of a book. I think <laughs> so, <laughs> it doesn't take itself too seriously. Right. So, Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> okay. Very cool. What about you, Scott?
0: Uh, I got into kind of a weird classic movie kick. Um, I was watching, uh, of course, still working on breaking bad. I'm into season three now. Mm. Um, back and watched alien and aliens talked about that last time, but then right. followed it up with Terminator.
2: Oh my God. I was just about to say that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that.
0: <laughs> uh, well it is right. Because aliens featured three of the main actors from the Terminator. <laughs> yep. Michael bean is, uh, of course the, as, as Reese, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah. um, uh, what else did I watch? Uh, Snakes on a Plane. Oh, it's it's a movie that I have heard so much about. You know, after deciding that okay, I need to give these things that I've dismissed casually a chance,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so I went and watched Snakes on a Plane. And yes, indeed, it is every thing you've ever heard that it heard goes. about. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfathomably dumb, and. Thoroughly entertaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Schadenfreude in there, right? When the when the guy who hucks the uh, the dog at the snake ends up getting eaten by it, you gotta love that. <laughs> um, you know, sorry, spoiler. Um, For uh, how old of a movie was that? Twenty-year-old movie, whatever. Right, <laughs> 17, nine, tw- yeah. 15, whatever. Long mm-hmm. time. Fifteen years old, I think, or seventeen. Anyway. Something like that, you know. A fun flick, I tried to go watch The Meg and couldn't find it anywhere that I didn't have to pay for it. Tried to go watch um, Sharknado, couldn't find it anywhere that I didn't have to pay for it, so I didn't.
2: Um, the demand for those films are still high, so that people could actually get the books off of it, <laughs> you know.
0: I watched um, Idiocracy. Oh. oh,
1: that's that's a good one. I saw yeah, that when it came um, out.
0: Which I is can't. nominally science fiction, right? Uh, yeah.
1: But <laughs> but
0: I,
2: I hated it because it was supposed to be funny, but to me, I, I was like, nah, I don't no. know, man. This seems a little real.
1: <laughs> <laughs> tell you what, it's for yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: the, the new name for Fred rockers was... Uh, it's always what they intended. But, uh... the <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: no, but it is. I mean, and, and that was another 15 year old movie or 20 year old, but you look at it now and you say, dude, even more of it has come true than was even true then. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing like i saw it, I, I didn't see idiocracy when it first came out i saw it like a couple of years afterwards and so uh, going back to what you're saying i imagine even more now you no know, later no more now that's later than it, what it was like when initially it came out like th- there's a lot of stuff this and there's like oh i chuckled at this
0: and it was a really weird experience because it was so familiar and topical in so yeah. many ways yeah. that it actually messed up my perception of real life <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. for about half a day until I said, Okay, I, I must purge it. <laughs> right I must purge it, so I went and watched Dogma.
1: <laughs> wow. You know Rich. it's weird. That movie crossed my mind for the first time in twenty years the other day, and I didn't know what really? yeah. Idiocracy. No, Dogma.
0: Dogma. Oh. Okay. You know, it's one of those things where I I watched it many years ago, back when I had a bit of a stick. Uh, well, anyway. <laughs> was less open to certain ideas than I am now.
2: <laughs>
0: and I managed to let myself be offended by something that was just fun. Golly gee willikers, Batman, that thing was fun. <laughs> and I watched it this time, and, and my stick hath been diminished right and <laughs> I'm, I'm, I won't say it's gone but you know it's t- um, it's so it's such a fun flick and and it really does um, I uh, I understand especially if you're Catholic that it can be really on the nose um, yeah hmm. I'm not Catholic so I was able to look at it with a certain dispassionate amusement eh, but it yeah. really is funny and looking at the cast I mean Golly, it's the only movie I think I've ever seen with Ben Stiller and I actually liked him right up until I <laughs> didn't like him, right? <laughs> um, you know, Professor Snape as, as the Metatron. I mean, come on, dude. That was fabulous.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> when he first shows up, behold the Metatron. Behold the Metatron. <laughs> oh, stop. You know, mm-hmm. um, covering me in toxic chemicals. <laughs> Very funny stuff.
2: Oh. I, I actually did like. I, I, I'm I'm with you when it comes to Ben Stiller. I mean, it's a ter- it, his humor is a certain type of humor, and I it do. just doesn't really cater to me specifically. So the films that really stuck out to me are a little more limited by comparison to other people who enjoy like comedy films. Because I think I said it before: when it comes to comedy, I need to be like laughing so hard that it hurts type of funny and, and it's not like a stupid humor in which a lot of i think a lot of comedians do is just kind of stupid and it's like no it's not it's not stupid funny it's just stupid but there was a um, tropic thunder for me was an absolute masterpiece i think it's so underrated i think it's one of the best comedy films that was ever created and ben still was in there there were some cameos in there that i cannot believe but it, this was like it came out right when robert downey jr were starting to come back into the mainstream thing because like iron man had just came out and so he had some more opportunities that opened up to him and so everyone was like wait Robert Downey Jr. is doing this. Wait, J- Jack Black is in here too. It was absolutely, fun. It, it was so freaking funny. But I, that's probably like the only Ben Stiller <laughs> movie on there that can legitimately say it's like funny. I mean, hey, I, I, and and not to bash one who enjoys him and everything, but not by not by no. all means,
0: but it's, it's... but different people respond to different types of humor, and I'm not a big fan of Ben Stiller's style of of humor right. so far. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen. Uh, well, anyway. Different issue. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought it, I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and I would highly recommend it. In fact, I'm going to buy my own copy because okay. I enjoyed it that much. But uh, but and then uh, I watched uh, started watching an anime called uh, uh, Terma Roma Nova. They uh-huh. pronounce it Terra which is not the way it's pronounced, but that's right. Okay. Um, which is basically a weird. It's one of those educational enthusiast type shows where it's about a person who's enthusing about open about bathhouses told from the point of view of an ancient roman bathhouse architect
2: oh that who anime goes
0: through time and to japan and blah 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 and discovers all of these different ways that baths have been built oh. and and whatnot over the years. It's
1: very, very niche. Yes. Very
0: niche. Very niche. And it's one of those things where I'm not generally a fan of that type of show, right? Because if you're not into that thing, you can see the enthusiasm of the of the artist, mm-hmm. but you just can't resonate with it. And that's a little right. bit how I am with, with, you know, I watched one recently uh, called Blue Period that was about artists and i actually was drawn into that one deeply um this one not so much so far but it has its moments it's entertaining sure why mm-hmm. not? so anyway okay um watched a couple other movies they're not coming to mind at the moment so if i remember I all right I'll mention okay.
2: all right all right um on my end um And sorry, I might have to go on a bit of a tangent here for a second. Um, I watched the, and by the time you guys get this episode, it'll be Friday. But uh, so I watched the fourth episode of Halo because the fifth one hasn't come out by the time it is. Um, I think I might be done, guys.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is that good, huh?
2: Um yeah, yeah. Oh boy, let me tell you. It was the thing where like when okay, and granted, remember, the conversation that I had two weeks ago was a little different from this one because I was still I was like, Okay, there I see some problems with it, but what they have so far, I'm still I'm still in. But each and every episode that has happened, and it comes out every week, I have liked the show a little bit less because with each and every episode it feels less and less and less like halo um the very the 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 opening episode was just it, it, it was it was su- such a positive it had so much potential so much to such a good start uh, the the premise that they had going on it was a little different from the books and everything but it still felt like it was grounded in halo and whereas the more and more the, the the show goes on i'm like what show am i watching who are these people um not much of a spoiler here but cortana got introduced in episode three and i know a lot of people were all up in arms about the design of her i was kind of in the minority i Didn't think it was like the end all be all, and it turned out she was like one of the greatest aspects and one of the greatest additions to the show. I mean, Cortana is phenomenal in there, but there every everything else is so far in between, and Master Chief is starting to feel less and less and less and less and less like Master Chief, and this is supposed to be the main character that we're following, and uh, I'm just like I. I, I'm I'm not feeling this. And what made me realize that I was probably done was when I watched the last episode, I started to critique it and analyze it from a storyteller's perspective. So I was looking at the pacing. I was looking at the structure of scenes. I was looking at the character development. When I go in to watch a show or a movie or any other form of entertainment, I should be turning off my critique mind. I should be so enveloped by the story that's happening. I don't, I don't, I don't have to put my writer's hat on. Whereas, like with the fourth episode, there's so many fundamental flaws to storytelling that are going on. I, I just couldn't shake it off. So, so it wasn't only the fact that. The halo aspect was missing. It was just fundamental storytelling that was really flawed. Like there's a character story arc that's going on. Like uh, this this human calling this girl who was originally kind of interacting with Chief, but no longer is, and now she's going off to kind of rally up this uh, rebellion for her for her that her dad has started when we're like, wait a minute, um, why are you so obsessed with this rebellion from this one guy when some aliens just invaded your world and killed your father? Shouldn't you be more like, um, wait a minute, you mean this whole military propaganda that we thought the UNC was talking about is actually real? Maybe I should put more attention to that. But... That's just one example. There's so many other things and that are going on with the show. Um, if you're still enjoying it, listeners, and, and still like it, I mean, God bless you, more power to you. But uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. But I, I think, I, I, I think it's time that we part ways <laughs> with, with Halo, especially when a movie, live action movie adaptation like Sonic the Hedgehog two comes out (laughs) proper segue thank you very much i watched
0: my sons watched and loved by the way yes
2: yes and i agree with them um there was a part in there where i kind of just had an aerobatic experience when i was like oh my god i cannot believe i'm actually watching this because because I'm a die I'm a die hard Sonic fan. I I grew up with like the Sega Genesis and the M Boring cartoons and even the comics. I mean, I was I was a that that was my childhood basically. So, to see like th- this icon like come into like live action, especially video game live action where video game to film adaptations have been very, very hit and miss. More often missed than anything else, but they actually pulled it off. And the thing is, um, while Halo took some cre- creative freedoms, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 did the same thing. It's not going beat for beat off of like what happened in the video games, but it still told a good story. So, I mean,
1: writing matters. Writing, yeah, writing
2: freaking matters. And it wasn't like, again, it was one of those cases where they really weren't reinventing the wheel. But, I mean, what they did, they did very well. And I was investing in it. And and that's all that really matters at the end of the day. It was a good story. And even if you omitted the Santa Hitzel element of it, there was still a good story. And I think that's, I think that says a lot.
0: Which, getting back to the whole save the cat thing, is kind of the point they're making there. Yeah. Is, look, stories can't all be absolutely sparkling and unique. Right. We rehash familiar structures over and over again. Just understand how and why. One
2: hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. And with them, they could. You could tell. There's like, well, they 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 knew the. What I like to call. Basic writing, one creative writing, one on one, but they knew what the purpose of it was was for. They knew what those a- aspects to solid, you know, basic storytelling is, and they 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 respected it. And then there were the aspects where they throw in some Easter eggs for the fans like us, and it wasn't kind of just tossed in there, just to be like, oh, okay, mark out the list. It came from a sense of, like, passion and, and understanding and appreciation of, of the franchise and everything, and I, again, just by comparison to this and what's being seen in the Halo, it it's it, it's such a completely different criteria so to that end uh if you haven't seen *Sonic the hedgehog 2 i definitely recommend it it's a very solid movie uh i give it a solid 7 out of 10 but for it being a *Sonic the hedgehog movie i think a 7 out of 10 kind of makes it a 10 out of 10 in its own retrospect so yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean my 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 fanboy bias in there and everything (laughs) aside But um, how about we get into some nerdy news where we offer some sci-fi and fantasy book recommendations along with updates and nerd culture. So first book recommendation that we have, give me a second as I go through my notes. Where is it? We got Shards of Earth. Okay, Link, open up, please. No?
1: It's it, funny, like people in Fantasy Faction Group on Facebook were just talking about this. So. Of Shards of Earth? <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, just like resonance or something. Oh, it, it did just come out recently, so maybe that's why. But well, um,
2: Coincidence? Maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is from Adrian. Can you pronounce that last
1: name? I just call him Tchaikovsky.
2: Yeah, what she said. Okay. <laughs> I mean, hopefully saying. I'm saying that right. I was about to say thanks. that's close enough. <laughs> okay. The war is over. It's heroes forgotten until one chance discovery. Idris has neither aged nor slept since they remade him in the war. And one of humanity's heroes now scrapes by on a freelance salvage vessel to avoid the attention of greater powers. After Earth was destroyed, mankind created a finding elite to save their species, enhance humans such as Idris. Or is it Idris? Sorry, Idris. Oops, I should have known better. Idris Elba, my bad. in the silence of space they could communicate mind to mind with the enemy then their alien aggressors the architects simply disappeared and edris and his kind became obsolete now 50 years later edris and his crew have discovered something strange abandoned in space it's clearly the work of the architects but are they returning and if so why Hunted by gangsters, cults, and governments, Idris and his crew race across the galaxy hunting for answers. For they now possess something of incalculable value that many would kill to obtain. Once again, this is Shards of Earth by author Adrian Tchaikovsky. Thank you. And <laughs> this is available on Amazon and Kobo. Oh, And next book recommendation that we have is "Frost on the Grasslands." Yeah, okay, and this is from author A.B. Channing. It's not supposed to snow in the South Forest, but the weather in the second emptiest corner of Shella is not the only thing behaving strangely. When an ex-tyrant started acting up again, Sethral had hoped it meant the end of lazy days and months. Mon- Monotonous. Thank you. Holy crap, Raphael! <laughs> Monotonous, <laughs> lifting winters.
1: It is a kind of crappy word. Yeah, right. I mean, I've heard it. I
2: mean, I've heard it so many times in my life but I think that's not <laughs> the first time I've ever seen it. <laughs> she is starting to regret what she wished for. Winter, the mountain air has settled in the south, forfeiting her migratory habits and taking a renowned interest in a lifestyle she dropped years ago just why is a mystery but then again most things about her art it takes a handful of new friends for sithral to realize there are still creatures who know who winter used to be it takes winter's relation excuse me reaction to their friendship to realize the tyrant would rather those creatures disappear that's one odd sentence now the peace of the forest may rest on finding those who can help resemble. Reassemble the world's past and winter's before winter finds them herself. Once again, this is Frost on the Grasslands. And this is available on Wattpad by author Abby Channing. Okay, so in another bit of nerdy news, I think we spoke loosely about there being a Voltron live action, live action adaptation a couple of episodes ago, maybe sometime last year. But there has been some updates to it, according to The Nerdy. Uh, so, uh, Amazon is reportedly leading the bidding for the Voltron movie. Now, the film rights of Voltron were supposed to have been selling in March, but it appears the bidding war has dragged on and Amazon is not the lead. It was reported last month that a bidding war had broken out of the live-action film of Voltron, and at the time it was believed that things were to wrap up in a matter of days, or three weeks later, the fight appears to be continuing. So, according to Deadline, Amazon Studios is currently the top contender. Rasa Marshall Thurber of Red Notice fame is attached to direct, and Todd Lieberman and David Hoberman will produce along with Bob kobler Now, Ellen Shalman is co-writing the script with Thurber. So, for those unfamiliar with Voltron, it is based on the early 1980s Japanese series Beast King Golion. Now, Voltron ran from 1984 to 85 in the U.S. and and was rebooted by Nicktoon in 2011 and by Netflix in 2016. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Huh. Okay. Well, um, anyway, live action films have bounced Hollywood previously, but nothing ever made its way to production. Now, uh, Scott, I know you're familiar with uh, Voltron, correct? Yes, yes, I am. Oh, and um, would you equate that? Is that in the same category as... Ah, dang it, dang it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Battle... Battle caps? Huh? No. Sorry, go ahead. Was a battle... What, what did you say? Sorry, right. I was thinking of something. else. No, not Battle Cats. Uh it was called it was called Mad Cross Plus here oh, in the States. Right. Um, Robotech.
0: Robotech,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. my. Yeah, my first boyfriend was obsessed with that one. Sorry.
2: And <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm joking okay. right. Go on, go on. <laughs> you say sorry. you say as if that was a problem, Abby. I don't know. I'm, no, no no <laughs> <laughs> no no
1: no I'm judgmental the boyfriend not the not Robotech oh,
0: and, hey, and yeah, they're, they're all mixed in together and it's hard yes to yes yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> no uh, yeah. I mean Robotech was one of those things that was really good when it first aired
2: right but
0: if you go back and try to watch it again yes it does not aid yes well.
2: yes I will yeah that
1: I mean, I'm just not into anime in general, but uh, yeah, like like he did try to get me into it, and I was like, no.
2: Right, I can so, understand yeah. that. I I remember seeing it a couple of episodes of it when I was a little kid, and I was like so excited. One time, like when I saw it like re airing, and I was like so, I had to go and watch it, and I was like, ooh, <laughs> yeah, ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> Some things are better left in nostalgia. <laughs>
0: And the idea of Voltron is is really good, and there were mm-hmm. a lot of, of similar products that were spun out in Japan, uh, you know, a series that I happen to love called Die Guard. Um, you know, it can work, so it'll be really intriguing to see how they pull it off.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, for certain. Okay, and, and another bit of learning news, since we're on the subject of video games, um, Seems like Hollywood is starting to get the fever for yeah, video game to film adaptation, and they apparently don't know where to stop, because apparently Jason Momoa of Game of Thrones and uh, Aquaman and and freaking Dune fame, he's in the final talks to star in a Minecraft movie. It's
1: big IP, <laughs> and he likes big IPs. I mean, well, mm. but you're right. That's crazy. <laughs> I get
0: that he's got a weird sense of humor, but dude, come on.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, I mean, well, like, is he gonna? Are they gonna like 3D animate this with like blocky characters I, I or this is live action? Know. I
2: have no idea. I have okay. no idea. Maybe, maybe he's maybe he's just going to be voice acting. I I don't know. That would be. Cool. I have no idea how this is supposed to work.
1: <laughs> um but yeah well it's very strange to me that there's even a series of minecraft books out there so go on
2: i'm sorry yep
1: i mean there's a series of minecraft books and it's like this is not like a game that's really like oh it has a story it doesn't have a story (laughs) so it's more like a sandbox game so
2: right exactly (laughs) exactly you know okay guys right (laughs) so yeah anyway go on I well, that was pretty much it. No, that's all. I had to do. Well, okay, I'll go ahead and read some of what was in the article. But is so bereft
0: of of original thought that they're recycling a game that itself was a recycle.
1: Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's like. I think the incentives are just they're terrified to take a risk on anything new right now, at all. So they're just like any IP we can use, we'll we'll use it. Yeah. But oh yeah. yeah, like if it's if it's an original IP, then, nope, we don't, it doesn't have hasn't proven its audience, so we dare uh, not touch it. The 10 I don't, know. I
2: don't know. I don't anyway, know. Yeah, okay, but but okay. So let me let me re scan through the the article. So it's going to be directed by Jared Hess of Napoleon Dynamite fame, and Mary Parent and Rora Lee will produce. While Jill Messick will receive a posthumous producing credit, having worked on developing the film before her passing in twenty eighteen. I. Okay, so there's no word on what the story of the film will be as of yet, but the game follows a lone character named Steve that awakens in the world with nothing but the clothes on his back and many dangerous mobs that he must learn to survive. Um, okay. I think I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's 0
0: for 3 so far. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll be surprised. But, be um, than, uh, am be I, I going to be premiere. rushing to see the premiere of this? Probably not. This no. is
1: why I watch more TV than movies.
2: Child, please, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, so. That'll pack him back into the theaters, I'll
0: tell you what.
2: <laughs> oh, right? Okay. Woo, let me tell you. I've d I've been just sitting on my head on my hands this whole time just waiting for them to strike gold. And <laughs> now it's just, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> probably gonna be here? There? I don't know. Somewhere. Uh, somewhere but anyway folks if you want to receive more sci-fi fantasy book recommendations along with updates and nerd culture visit our storiesnerds.com website or follow us on our social media outlets that being our twitter page and facebook group and if you really want to dive into the SFN community join our free newsletter where you'll get access to exclusive features like free short stories or excerpts from our featured storytellers of the past and if you want to support us financially check out our patreon page where you'll get uncut podcast episodes and our Story by nerd segments in their entirety. Speaking of story by nerd segments, we have arrived to the most recent one. So, like I said, as I try to open up this document on my phone, because the Word document is on my other laptop. Oh, yeah, uh, really well playing there, Raphael. <laughs> So uh like I said, this is going to be a sci-fi short story since the previous one was a fantasy. And I have the premise of this one being called the visit. So please document, open up. Thank you very much.
1: The final visit. What did I say? You said the visit. Dang it!
2: I can't even get my title right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Abby. Yes, it is called The Final Visit. there is one thing Mara hated about humans, and yes, there was plenty, it the way they act as if they were the best, if, as, ooh, excuse me, as if they were the most pleasant creatures to have ever graced the universe. Of course, part of their courtesy was in part due to the perceived threat of the Empire destroying the home these simpletons dubbed as Earth. But it'd be nice if they'd just be real for once. Two official evaluations and humanity had yet to impress the Ralandar people. And now his father had asked him to pay the Earth folk their third and final visit before their fate was decided. As tedious as the process was, Mar understood the importance of the assessment. It was the United Empire's responsibility to ensure developing worlds like Earth, they had threatened the well-being of other established nations within the union upon garnering the ability to leave their local star system. This truth was more so for the Merlendar, since they were the ones who originally found the Empire eons ago. Mart checked outside his window when the shuttle jerked upon entering Earth's atmosphere. Impressive. His father had told them the planet's gravity was quite strong compared to many of the other occupied worlds they had evaluated prior. These were strong people, physically, mentally, and worse, militarily. This civilization had progressed on the wings of constant conflict, much like the Teratotians in Cluster 127. As far as the previous two visits could tell, there weren't any signs of that method to human progress altering upon venturing across the stars. By calculations, Earth would be spacefaring regulars within the next century. So the matter is simple. Either humans proved they could change their ways for the better of galactic civilization, or the Empire would vaporize them now before they made themselves a greater threat. Up to this point, our Earth had been greeted by the highest members of the Hive. Like Mars' father. And now, as tradition would have it, an up and coming member had to perform their own evaluation. A round of passage, so it seemed. Lucky him. My lord, the pilot told Mar, we'll be landing soon. Our honor guard is already stationed at the rendezvous. Let's make this quick, then, Mars said. The days on this planet are dreadfully long, so I'd rather not make this assignment lengthier than need be. Mars' shuttle arrived at a military base moments later. He was quick to get off the ride to stretch his legs and tail. All three had fallen asleep being crept up in the military-class vessel. Having him ride Cole pollock in the hive's latest fighter vessel was exciting, though if only to show the hairy humans they'd best tread lightly. But one of the major setbacks sacrificed was that of comfort. Twenty of his honor guard personnel bowed their heads in reverence as Mars strode by them, leading a path to Ambassador Kiara Sharma, the same pathetic woman Earth had designated to be their representative when the Empire issued their demands for evaluation. While Sharma towered over him like any other human, She seemed quite average in height upon standing amid the company of her human soldier counterparts. Like his people, females were generally shorter. Mara imagined the creatures being a clumsy sort, given they were bipedal and lacking any tail. They must have tripped over themselves and one another on a regular basis. That alone might have explained their ill tempers. Though that was just one of the many explanations in which evolution had failed this species. Only a handful of them had a healthy amount of melatonin in their skin, offering some level of decent protection against their local star. Their ears were far too tiny to be of use, whereas Rolandar hearing was equivalent to the flying rodent animals that humans called bats, and Mara didn't even know where to begin with their other senses. The human spectrum for colors was a quarter to what he could perceive, And there wasn't even a point in their having a nose beyond breathing, given theirs could hardly smell anything. Wiping the universe of this funny species was more like a mercy kill than anything else. Ambassador Sharma put on the bravest face she could manage while forcing those dry lips of hers to smile. Mar, however, figured even a human could tell she was nervous. If not at all, terrified. She understood what was at stake given this was the Empire's third and final visit. Humanity had failed to prove their worth two times already from previous visits, the first one lasting three days, and the second visit being two. The prior one in itself was a courtesy, more or less, given the Empire had made it a rule to offer a civilization three visits before their fate was decided and acted upon. Even so, humanity had sealed its own fate ages ago. Petty wars, a multitude of bizarre prejudices amongst themselves, the fall, the failings had no end. It was nothing beyond a miracle that they survived beyond their so-called Cuban Missile Crisis. Perhaps it would have been for the best had that been the end to the story of the human race. Greetings, Lord Mar. Sharma said upon extending a hand. I hope your voyage was a pleasant one. It was decent enough, I suppose. Mars strode by the woman's hand, examining the look of the base. This is far different from the palaces you showed my predecessors last time. Ah, and I uh, see you have your fighter jets out in full display. Is this a desperate attempt to impress us with your military prowess, Ambassador? Actually, sir, it's for your protection, I'm afraid. Oh? Mar placed his hands behind his back and chuckled. Pray tell. Many are on edge about your visit, knowing there will not be another. We have our jets and cruise missiles at the ready in case any governing body takes on upon themselves to make a foolish act out of desperation. In other words, Mar said, they're here to ensure my evaluation goes on without any interruptions, yes? How cute. Your security is not necessary, Mrs. Sharma. Our forces in orbit could throw out any threat well before anything you have grounded could get into the air. I see, Sharma said, rubbing her side of palms. Well, I understand you wish to make this a shortened visit compared to the other ones, so we don't want to press you for your time. The guide we have assigned to you is also excited to get started. Mars spun around on his tail, his tail tapping the ground impatiently. I was told you'd be giving me the tour. I don't like being led astray, human, and neither do the members of the Hive. I should leave this dreadful rock and give my father to go ahead to vaporize this world on that alone. Give me one reason as to why I should change my mind. The woman's face went pale. She of all, people should have known better, given she had spent the most time with his people. The earthlings were lucky Mars' father had sent him and not another representative instead. While he enjoyed watching humans squirm, others fancied the thought of watching them burn. The ambassador fiddled with her fingers, seeming to contemplate her next little words with the utmost care. Then she bowed deeply. The way Mar recalled many folk on that one continent did, according to his cousin's visit last time. I, I meant no offense, my lord, Sharma said, her voice shaking. Please f- forgive any inconvenience this may have caused. Oh, for goodness sake, groveling isn't even worse, Mar insisted. Enough. The Empire has promised you one more day to show why humanity is worth existing. And unlike many of your species, we keep our word. Now, if there is any foul play involved with this new guide, rest assured you of all people will learn there are greater consequences than even death. Yes, sir, Sharma quickly said. I understand, sir. Should I introduce you to the guide then? If this is your intent, be quick with it. Sharma hurried over to one of the two black vehicles parked in front of his shuttle and opened the rear passenger door. While Mar tried to see the person coming out from the ride, Sharma and one of the human soldiers blocked his view. Will this take long? The Rolandar lord asked. Just a moment, the ambassador hollered back with her back still facing his. Mar looked to one of his guards who could only shake his head in the confusion. The guard then was about to hurry over to the vehicle to see what the delay was, but Mar motioned him to remain at his post. We're ra- waiting, the Rolandar beckoned. Sharma and the human soldier eventually moved aside, only to reveal a small human female. A child. For some reason, she was sitting in a chair with wheels. The tiny human bore a strong resemblance to Ambassador Sharma, given the dark shade of thick black hair and the slightly darker pigment to her skin. A common trait to Sharma's country of India, apparently. This child, however, must have been an offspring of hers. There were far too many other similarities to disregard. While Mar wasn't at all impressed by the child, he was a bit put off by her widened eyes and huge smile. The girl pressed a button on her chair, causing it to approach him, with the human ambassador and soldier following behind. When the device got too close to his lightning, to his liking, two of his guards stepped in between them. Mar had them examine the machine to see if there was anything suspicious about it, but the assessment didn't take long. It didn't seem that spectacular, after all. The child remained in her seat, that annoying smile still on her face, as Mar took it upon himself to take a look at the chair for himself. It was simple enough in design, basic human screws, leather, metal, and an electric motor that energized it. He took a solid two minutes evaluating every aspect of it until he figured... He had to be missing something. That or this was a very ill-planned joke. Hello, the girl chimed in as Mark glanced at her. What is it? He asked from her as he pointed at the chair. It's uh, just a wheelchair, she explained. But this is my daughter, Annika. Annika extended a hand to him, leaning forward in her seat so she could reach him. It's nice to meet you. When Ambassador Sharma cleared her throat, garnering her daughter's attention, she quickly shook her head. Anika shrugged and leaned back in her seat, seemingly unfazed. Do you intend to stay seated in that device all day, or do I have to demand a proper greeting? Mari asked. Anika tilted her head, dumbfounded from the looks of it. Then she let out the biggest laugh. How bizarre. Most humans were too nervous to do such a thing in the presence of Roundar. You're joking, right? Anika said amid her giggling. It's obvious I can't walk, genius. Anika, her mother shouted. How many times do I have to tell you not to be rude? Apologize this instant. That's enough, Mara told the woman. Now, why are you showing me your crippled daughter, Ambassador, and you're supposed to show me the best humanity has to offer? I fail to see how a little human lacks the capacity to move about on her own matches. On her own matches, the criteria. She is the best I can offer, Sharma said, her tone turning surprisingly bold. If you would just spend a few hours with her, I'm sure you'll understand. "Uh Uh-huh, Anika chimed in. Mommy let me plan out the entire trip for the day, and she hardly lets me do anything. We're going to have so much fun. Mark glared at the human ambassador. We now smirked with an obnoxious sense of confidence. We'll see, Mars said, eyeing down the woman. <laughs> and that's the opening to the final visit.
1: Yay, I liked it. I really do. I, I love um that kind of like first contact and smug aliens and you know oh that stuff always gets me course, <laughs> you know. Hits a little close to home on, on my big epic series as well. But, oh! Yeah. yeah okay. Of course. okay. But, but, I mean, yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> um, It was kind of like a... It was an idea that I had in my mind for quite some time, but I, I never really thought about, like, really executing it uh, until I started reading up on... on on. Uh... Thank God, Scott. I read this book all the time. Why can't I name it? Save the cat. Save the cat, jeez! <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll go ahead and, and, and just open up the universe and, and see what what you guys could 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 take with it. Because yeah, I just had this funny image of well, uh, not not classic little green alien man or whatever, but more or less. I mean, when you when you look at these people by comparison, they seem physically inferior to humans because they're so tiny and and everything but hey they've been around for so much longer they really don't need physical prowess when they have well when they have technology and space vessels that can kind of just knock out your planet off of a whim if you look at them funny so um, yeah that was, that was the principle I went with it and then the whole empire thing I, it, that just goes back to it any old school imperial, like, nation. Just put it on a collective level and everything. No pun intended, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So while while they see it as like, okay, well, what we're doing is we're going about ensuring that the world is, well, the the galactic world is in safe care by uh, making sure these developing worlds are, are going to prove a threat once they become, you know, space-faring, uh, uh uh societies and stuff. So they, they've come across Earth, and they've looked up their history, and, of course, we all know, I mean, we, we got a violent history, so they're like, oh. But I think they're more or less, they might be more intimidated than anyone else, <laughs> if you ask me. But... <laughs> I'll leave that up to you guys. But yeah, so um this is this is pretty much the this is their third spot on the bat and everything. So they're about to hit so humanity's about to hit to hit strike three. They gone through all the you no know, notions of like trying to show everything that's like the, the best that humanity has to offer. and now this ambassador is like, um you, you know what? What's the best thing that's support? what's the most important thing to me? Well, here's my daughter. I'll I'll let her have a go at it. So, I I think this is is going to be an interesting thing because like you know you think about like uh, what what were the things that, uh we would show an alien race on um, first contact if they were threatening us we they we probably show them our you know our our our, our governments our, our our cultures maybe some food and our social gatherings and everything nothing I I, I think we'd be so caught up in our Civilization, we would never even think to show them the, you know, the simple things. Like, oh, things. I think
1: it would all be be decisions by committee. It would probably be like ten committees, like, oh yeah, coming up with like the dumbest ideas possible, and oh, like yeah. Absolutely. That. yeah,
2: absolutely. And that's one, and that's one of the reasons why, um, I was quick Don't to think, up. okay, well, it's like, you know what, um, with a civilization or with an empire like like, like these guys, they they've they've done this enough to know. Was like, okay, hey, we've been through this radio before. We're not gonna go through this whole committee that you guys have arranged we're going to go and pick our own person that's going to represent you so this ambassador she's not like a she's not like an official from any government or anything like that she was actually handpicked from from the round our people just because like okay you know what um just so you guys don't pull any punches or anything we're just gonna let have like some everyday like person like uh be the representative for you so if your average person quote-unquote average person can't do it for you then why would we even want to you know bother talking to any of your governments or whatnot so yeah but i great. so uh that was the opening to it who is going to scott i think you is it you yeah wait yes i don't
1: keep the schedule so i actually don't know
2: <laughs> no. If, I, if memory serves me well, I mean, because usually the the way it always works is, yeah. I if Last I do, you
0: started. Abby went second, so theoretically, I should go second this time.
2: But... Oh wait, no, hold on. No, it is you. know you. It is Abby who goes second. Yep, yep. It is Abby who goes second because yeah, you always do my conclusions. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's how. No, yeah, that's. Maybe we
1: can switch it up. It's cool. No,
2: no. Really, it's Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you,
0: the, you're a fan of the premise. You should take it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll, it, I'll whatever, whatever you do yeah.
2: yeah. Abby, it yeah, the 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 be yours next time. Yeah, it's here. okay. Yeah, cool. go. <laughs> Okay, folks, so to that ends, uh stay tuned with us a month from now where we will be doing the second aspect of the final visit. But if you don't want to wait around that long, uh, catch up with us two weeks from now where we will have our Nerdy Chat episode. But whatever the case, if you like our server Nerd segments along with our Nerdy Chat episodes, be sure to give us a like, heart, thumbs, star... Or whatever positive outlet to the source of this podcast, whether that is iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you get the idea. But folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the Series for Nerds Podcast. Hey, I'm Rafael Jordan, and I'll keep thinking big on a collective level, and this is Scott and Abby signing off. So, uh, Scott, we uh, got a final send-off to our listeners? In
0: space, no one can hear you. Green. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah, dang, you know, yeah, that's true, that part of uh, it. yeah. It's kind of
0: resounding. It, it, space it, it is. is! It is! is. Right, right,
2: right. It totally is! Oh my word! That's so true!